Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. That team should. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's see who else is here. Let's take roll. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Elmora. Damn, Willie, man. Do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy. Hey, you guys are not going to make anyway. You guys suck. Hey, when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. Terry Bars. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. 
Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George went. We had fun, uh, but there you go. I sucked. Garth Algar. Get it off, man! Get it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Disco sucks! Disco sucks! Mark Crody. Bueller. Bueller. Oh, man. Sean it Sears. the samples. Yeah. How's it Sean. going, Mark? Uh, yeah. Mark. Jeez, How's up, it Rosie? going, Lawrence? Did you did you mistake, mistake me for Lawrence Holmes? I almost called you Mark Grody, and that, you I think that's called me Mark Grody. It's it's from the overnight habits. I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming fresh off the overnights this week here. All righty then. <clears throat> He's from overnight. Sean Sears is new, and you, I love the way the the we transitioned from the big voice and Russ guy and uh, the intro, Russ Matera's intro, and then to James Dean, and we started over. You know, you got right into the suckage immediately, Sean. I know. I leaned right into it. I know that's what this show is all about, though, so I'm just trying to be on brand. Yes, you are. There's no question about that. You're carrying it forward. I congratulate you on that. I've not even given out the phone number for the text or or the uh, to reach us by phone. 815 knows we finally have found something that sucks more than this show, Tony LaRusso's one and two count walk. Indeed. Today, duh, we are going to start there. We're going to start with Tony LeBevington and his decision to intentionally walk Trey Turner with a one and two count to face Max Muncy. Can you explain that to me? To insult Max Muncy. To, <clears throat> to watch Max Muncy hit a three-run homer that made the difference in the Chicago White Laughing Stocks lost to the Dodgers on Thursday. It's it it's the story of Major League Baseball, no matter what NBC Sports Chicago wants you to believe. LeBevington descend, defended his insanity this way after the game. Actually, actually LeBevington attacked the question. Here's that. Uh, I mean, is that really a question? Because it was one and two. Yeah, you know what he hits against left-handed pitching with 0-1 or two strikes? You know what he hits? Well, Fox baseball analyst Ben Verlander does, and he noted that Trey Turner is a lifetime 197 hitter with two strikes. Here's LeBevington again. Turner was a, a strike left against a left-hander. Well, you know what Muncie hits with two strikes with against a left-handed pitcher? Well, let's let's back up. Muncie wouldn't have started with two strikes. He would have started 0 and 0. This isn't some Rob Manfred thing to speed up games. This isn't little league. This isn't softball. He would have started 0 and 0, and he would have started with some extra motivation to pants the manager of the Chicago team. And Muncie would have been facing and was facing a pitcher who was just gelded by the manager because the manager told Bennett Sousa he had no faith that he could retire a career 197 hitter with two strikes. And then again, LaBevington asked, is that really a question? Because it was one and two? Yes. It's a question for those of us who have not taken leave of our senses. It's not a question for those people who can gild a pitcher as publicly as Chairman Reinsdorf gilded GM Rick Hahn when he jammed LeBevington down the franchise's and fan base's throat even after another DUI for the 
Hall of Famer baseball person. So on Friday, the day after that decision, before the Sox finally beat the Rangers, LeBevington doubled down on his gobbledygook from Thursday. And this is a key part of the strategy failure that the Hall of Famer baseball person was supposed to be able to avoid. Here's LeBevington again from Thursday. You know what he hits against left-hand pitching with one oh one or two strikes? You know what he hits? Turner with a, a strike left against a left-hander is not something you can avoid if you can. And we had an open base, and Muncy happened to be the guy behind him, and that's a better matchup. Well, no, no, it's not. This according to baseball analyst Joe Sheehan. He tweeted out, I feel silly even breaking it down, but Trey Turner career versus left-handed pitching after one and two, his slash line is 258, 310, 390. Bennett Souza career versus right-handed batters after one and two, slash line of 167, 286, 167. Sheehan's tweet goes on, TLR traded that for Max Muncie, career versus left-handed pitching, 251, 365, 492 slugging percentage. Souza, career versus left-handed batters, 300, 389, 367. Unconscionable, period, close quotes, on Joe Sheehan's tweet. On tweet. And then there's video of Max Muncie finishing his home run coronation by screaming, you blank walk him with two strikes, blank you, and some other words. Now, here's Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, incredulous as it was playing out. Now, wait a second. They're going to intentionally walk him. On one and two? Yep. Can you explain that to me? I would think you don't want Turner to do any more damage, and you want to take advantage of the lefty-lefty. Typically, at two strikes, the league batting average is quite low. Oh, yeah. It is that. When was the last time you saw somebody intentionally walked on one and two? Didn't happen often. Got two strikes, don't he? So that's what Jason Benetti and Steve Stone went through. Not quite a catharsis, but they sort of just thinking out loud. And then when asked on Twitter what was said off the air, Steve Stone tweeted about what you'd think. I don't know. Maybe LeBevington was just looking for a way to wipe the stupid off his batting Larry Larry Garcia leadoff and second and everywhere except ninth. And I got to say, that would do it. So if that was the plan, that succeeded. But I want to go back to what I said was the, I thought was a key part, a key for me. I don't believe, it doesn't look like Tony LeBevington knows his own players. Seuss's failures against lefties didn't seem to be factored in at all, much less at the start of it. LeBevington contended Friday that Sousa has been good against lefties and righties. Well, the numbers say otherwise. Maybe not the numbers the manager chose to consider, but Sousa's OPS versus right-handed batters is 703. Against lefties, he gets torched for a 951 OPS. Big difference 
Anytime you're over 900 in an OPS, if you're a hitter, you are among the great ones. 951 for Sousa. Manager doesn't know his own players. And the manager didn't seem to consider the pitcher. Really, imagine it. You're Bennett Sousa. What is the manager saying to you? You can't get a third strike in a high-leverage situation against a great player. That seems to be a legitimate message to understand. Sousa is probably thinking this is a great time for him to be able to show that he's earned high-leverage trust. But no, he didn't. We're walking a guy, you're one strike away from retiring, escaping trouble. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was still on Sousa's mind, along with perhaps his struggles against lefties that he knew about, that Tony Bevington didn't, when Muncie dialed long distance. Sousa must wonder if it even matters. Given the manager's explanations over two days, Sousa could rightly feel it doesn't. And so given what's happened in the 24 hours, the decision, the explanation, revisiting it Friday, and here we are, it struck me like this. I urge all of you to go watch the movie The Kane Mutiny. Sox manager is Humphrey Bogart. He will be rattling ball bearings in his hand while conspiratorially and defiantly repeating Max Muncy, Max Muncy. So that is my take on where we are with this whole thing. That that is Tony LeBevington, and it's a bunch of gobbledygook. He doesn't know his own players. That, of all the things that happened, he doesn't know his own players. And there's a whole other thing with analytics. The analytics, suddenly he's embracing them. We'll get to that. Later this hour, I'm going to ask you, Make your case. This is your choice. And remember, death is not an option. Does it suck more to be a Cubs fan today or a Sox fan? Does it suck more to be a Cubs fan this year? Cub fan, Sox fan, which is worse? Make your case. But before we get to that, we're going to bring in Nancy Armour of USA Today. Nancy Armour is, is, has written about one of the one of the, the the sickest, most despicable thing, disgraceful thing going on in the NFL. And we're going to visit that and there are updates in that case. And it just seems to get worse. And we will ask her what should happen, what will happen. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thank you for joining in Saturday Suckage. We appreciate you being here. Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Wow, this sounds important. Much too important for Saturday Suckage. But we welcome you in. Welcome back. We're going to our score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and welcome into that impressive, thunderous, authoritative music, someone who is authoritative herself. Welcome back to the show. One of my favorites, one of the best writers going, Nancy Armour of USA Today. Hi, Nance. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing real good. I'm Good. This long time ago, long before Tony LeBevington surfaced, 
The biggest story <laughs> in sports was something that I want. I thought I need to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about this because suddenly we're reading about Deshaun Watson's the size of his towel, and we're reading about further reports that it wasn't 23 or 24 women. It was more than double that, almost triple that. And yep. I keep going. I keep going back to something that I, I flagged months ago when he was signed, because Jim Tomey, the nicest man in football in baseball, has a wife named Andrea. She tweeted this out. This native Clevelander, several months ago, officially canceled our Browns season tickets today and asked for a refund as they were paid in full. Very sad after 40 years as a fan, but this is my line in the sand. I believe women, especially when there are 22 of them. That press conference did nothing to change my mind. So this is all jumbled together. The latest news today is reported by USA Today. Um, educate us and then tell us what you think. Um, oh, where to begin? Uh, yeah, Brent Strattenberg, who is my colleague and who is tremendous, um, has been reporting on Watson extensively. He and Jenny Rentas have done the best work on the story that mm-hmm. that I think I, you know, go read both of them. Um, Brent has concentrated a lot on the depositions and the civil cases. And what he reported today is that there was a Houston police officer who said she thought that Watson committed crimes and that he should have been charged. Um, and if you know anything about sexual assault reporting, um, sexual assault cases, sexual harassment cases, they are, inc- first of all, women don't report, um, myriad reasons for that. Uh, but even when they do report, the odds or the, the chances of those cases being pursued is very, very, very minimal. And this is a textbook example. You have a cop who told the prosecutors that she thought a crime was committed, um, who testified to that fact. And the prosecutor took the case to the grand jury. Grand jury didn't indict. That is not a that flat out say that is not a indication of guilt or innocence, just means that the jury didn't think that or the grand jury didn't think that there was enough to bring a charge. But, um, you know, if you've got a cop who's saying this and you still can't get a case brought, what chance do women have? Um, so this is my, my long rant about this, but um, it's just, it's more smoke to the, the, the you know, smoke filled room that there is already. Um, you know, Jenny reported earlier this week that Watson visited up to or um, as many as 66 different massage therapists in a 17-month span. Now, you've covered athletes for a long, long time. You know this as well as I do. Athletes are creatures of habit. They find one person, and they stick with that person. They don't go jumping around. They sure as hell don't visit 66 in a 17-month span, which is just mind-boggling to me. Well, they might, but not for just massages. Right, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you guys not... reported, USA Today also reported that, that there was something uncovered about Watson's insistence on bringing a personal towel. I'm not me- trying to make this unseemly, and I'm not trying to get to the I, – I, and I'm sorry if it might be too graphic, but this is – this is a central part of the of the situation with a guy who plays the most important position in the NFL, the most important game, the most important league in and has United's, now the biggest contract that was given to him seemingly by an admission that the Browns that we know he's guilty and we're paying him all this money to indemnify him 
to pay off all of these cases, or at that time, the number of cases, and yes. now it may have tripled. So the the reporting about the size of the towel is important, but it did. Why is it just now coming to light? That, well, it has been somewhat talked about, and, and for listeners who don't know, um, Watson would insist on bringing his own towel to the massages. Now, if you've ever had a massage, you know that the, the massage therapist drapes the client. Um, it is done for their protection, the client's protection, um, you know, so that if somebody is wearing underwear or not wearing underwear, that, you know, there is no inadvertent touching, that type of thing. Watson would, would insist on bringing his own towel. And from the description of it, it is probably more of like a washcloth than a towel decides of it, um, which means it's not going to provide the necessary coverage that you would need in a, uh, in a massage, um, particularly one of an athlete where it is usually very aggressive, meeting of muscles and, and you know, trying to work out, uh, um, you know, uh, being therapeutic for an athlete. Um, and one of the most damning lines in the deposition that I thought was the woman, woman's attorney said to Watson, so you were sitting in your car waiting with your towel and the and, and DNA. He made all these women sign, or a lot of the women sign non-disclosure agreements, which that raises a whole other question. But the, just the juxtaposition of that or the, the picture of that, you're waiting in your car with your little towel and your NDA. And Watson said, yes, but it's not what you're making it sound like. Well, what else do you make it sound like? I mean, that, that to me is pretty gross and pretty indicative of what he was looking for. I think we can connect the dots and a lot of people have, and a lot of people are disgusted by it. So our guest is Nancy Armour, columnist for USA Today. We're discussing Deshaun Watson. And by the way, the, the, the Browns in investigating Sean Watson before they gave him the record contract, <laughs> the Browns did not talk to any of the accusers. Of course they did. They, 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 they were advised, in fact, advised not to. And this kind of idiocy, ostrich in the sand, George McCaskey did this. Mm-hmm. When, yep. when the when the Bears brought in accused domestic abuser Ray McDonald, George yep. McCaskey, a former state state prosecutor, he talked to Ray McDonald's parents. We just know you're going to get an objective and and clear report on the person that you're trying to bring in. He refused to talk to the woman who was accusing Ray McDonald of abusing her. And there was a child involved in this as well. I don't understand why a team would do that other than they don't want to know, but they've been advised by lawyers you don't want to know. Is this some kind of liability distinction? They don't get, they can't get sued, blamed, have to pay off anything. They're not liable for anything if they don't know, if they make sure they don't know. No, I think it's more just, it's, it's CYA. It's, you know, they want to sign this guy, whether it's Ray McDonald or in this case, Deshaun Watson or, uh, you know, any number of other people. And they they want cover. They want to be able to say, oh, yeah, we investigated. But we didn't want to look too hard because if it comes out that you talk with one of the women or, you know, 22 of them or 24 of them, as there are now, um, you know, then you have to explain to your fans, okay, wait a minute, you talked to these women, you heard their stories, 
and yet you went ahead and signed him? You know, as bad as the PR is at, you know, just up front, that's going to make it even worse because you talk to people, you got the women's stories, and yet you still went ahead and signed them. So for these teams, I think it's just a, it is a convenient way of saying, oh, yeah, we did our due diligence. We just didn't, you know, just don't ask us exactly how far we went. Nancy Armour, columnist for USA Today, is my guest here on Saturday Suckage. So you the, the PR hit for Deshaun Watson, the PR hit for the Browns, the PR hit for the NFL, none of this ever seems to matter because if you play, you know, number one rule in life, follow the money, everybody's getting it. What, what should happen in this case, but what do you think will happen? Oh, I would like to think that fans will show their displeasure uh, in the seats or by not being in the seats. Um, there was a, a Browns fan who actually did a poll on Twitter um, in the last, I think, day or so and said, you know, knowing that, knowing what you know now, Browns fans, who would you want as your quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson? And Baker Mayfield was the winner by like two-thirds, which – surprised me because, you know, people were ready to run Baker Mayfield out of Cleveland on a rail. Um, sadly, we all know, though, that if Watson, if the Browns start winning with Watson, most likely all will be forgiven. I think the X factor is what does the NFL do? Um, you know, this is this looks really bad um, for good reason. Um, Goodell has not issued his discipline, but it is under investigation. There will be discipline coming. Obviously, that's why the contract was structured in the way that it was. Um, but the benchmark now, or there's been a new benchmark set with uh, Rob Manfred and Trevor Bauer in the M- in MLB. Now, granted, that, that suspension is under uh, appeal, but MLB showed that you can discipline people who have not faced criminal charges, Um and, and you can take a pretty strong stance. So, you know, the the thinking has always been it's probably six games for Watson. And, you know, that's what it's been for some other cases. Not There's not been anything similar to this, but other cases. Um, but does he go ahead and suspend him for the whole season or two seasons? Or does he ban him for life? Um, you know, there's, there is new pressure on Goodell that there wasn't, I think, uh, when this case began because of the Trevor Bauer case in Major League Baseball and just because of everything that continues to come out. I mean, uh, look at it this way. Do you want this guy on the field saying in November when the 55th woman files her lawsuit? Like, I, I mean, you know, it's drip, 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 and it's going to just continue. Uh, you know, I, I don't see an end of it in sight. You know, Nancy, I'd like to side with you on that. I think Roger Goodell is um, a guy who I don't think he believes the women. I think starting with Ray Rice and working his way through it, there have been other instances he's been harsher on, I don't know, he's harsher on on Calvin Ridley for betting on a game by a league that takes in all that betting money than he was on Ben Roethlisberger for accusations of, of sexual abuse. So I think there is... A, I think that the, the Browns signing and the NFL's, I don't know if it's dithering, but inability to do anything so far or refusal to do anything so far signifies to me that they're going to continue to test the bulletproof status of the shield. Do you think there's anything to that? 
I no, I I would love to disagree with you, and I don't. Um, you know, and I said what I would like to see happen is a, a very long suspension, possibly a lifetime ban. But you're right. Um, there's been nothing in Goodell's what Goodell has done previously or what the NFL has done previously that should give anybody any confidence that they will take this seriously. Um, you know, it, this is one of the faces of your league. And if you, you know, if you don't take a strong stand, it says for the 8 millionth time that the NFL just doesn't care about women. Um, will that resonate with the, the female fans? I don't know. Um, but no, I, I think you're right. I think there is a very good possibility that absolutely nothing is done or, or, or certainly nothing uh, that actually sends a message or actually is uh, comparable or, or representative of, of the seriousness of what, what is going on. Uh, Nancy Armour is our guest, my guest on, uh, she's a columnist from USA Today on Saturday Suckage. And so in keeping with Saturday Suckage, this is a hard right turn, Nancy. I appreciate you dealing with all the seriousness and disgust that goes along with that story. The story, I'm, the question I'm asking now and will going forward on this show, which sucks more, being a Cub fan this year or being a Sox fan this year? Which one Ooh. would you say? Which one would that you say is, why? That's tough. Um, I think until this week, I probably would have said the Cubs because it doesn't – if they have a plan, it is not apparent to me. Um, they are clearly in the rebuild mode, which, you know, despite the fact that that word cannot be mentioned anywhere you know, <laughs> in or around Wrigleyville, it's, apparently. It's the Voldemort of words. He, right, exactly. Word, his name shall and, not be mentioned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but after the boneheaded, you know, intentionally walk a guy on a one and two pitch and then – you know, LaRusse has not only doubled down on it, he's like quadruple and whatever, like, you know, 10 times downed on it. Like, and he's made some other questionable decisions this season, but it's like, you look at that and you go, what, what were you thinking? And, you know, he's, he's not going anywhere because, because Ryan Surf is never going to let him be fired. So if you're a Sox fan, you know that you're just stuck with this guy and, that there's no guarantee this isn't going to keep happening or that this isn't going to happen down the road. So I, I think after this week, I think it sucks worse to be a White Sox fan. All right. We're going to run this like it's a stock market, like it changes every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? It could. It's just given the, the nature of these two teams this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, the Cubs can counter that with like, why did the, why did the, you could ask why the Cubs hate, Wilson Contreras, their best all-around player, and and why it came down to almost arbitration, which is nothing but an insult contest and and nothing but hurt feelings and nothing good comes out of it. And then you get news when they go to New York that they they go 0 for 100 with runners in scoring position and they leave 1,000 runners on base. And, oh, by the way, Stroman, Hendricks, and Miley are all hurt, and those were your one, two, three pitchers. So the Cubs are coming hard on the outside for which sucks worse. I I think you – I mean, I definitely think there is an argument to be made for both. Um, Like I said, I think the fact that you know that you're stuck with Larissa, that he's not – you know, you got no hope of him getting out of there anytime soon. To me, that – at least for this week, that would make it suck worse. 
Well, much to consider as it goes on, as the season goes on. Nancy, thanks for taking time today. I appreciate it. Of course, anytime. All right. That's Nancy Armour, one of my favorites. One of the best there is writing in America today. She's a columnist for USA Today. And good stuff, strong stuff, thoughtful writer. And and one of the things, I guess I should have told her this. Maybe she's listening now. One of the things about that she exemplifies that I learned a long time ago. I went in, I was at the Chicago Sun-Times in a, and a, Grizzled man, grizzled reporter named Charles Nicodemus once said, never lose your capacity for rage. And I think that's a great thing. If you're all you young journalists out there, never lose your capacity for rage. And if you read Nancy and you hear her talk about especially cases like this, she was part of a group that reported spectacularly on Title IX, the anniversary, what it meant, what hasn't happened as well as what have, what has happened. The idea that she has not lost her capacity for rage, that is a lesson for everybody. So speaking of rage, Cub fans, Sox fans, my phone number is 312-644-6767. You can also reach me on the text line at that number, 312-644-6767. Sean Sears will introduce you. Make a case. Why does it suck more to be a Cub fan than a Sox fan this year? Why does it suck? more to be a Sox fan than a Cub fan. Y'all got ammo. Let's hear it. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. The, the, the baseball the baseball mind of me gets it. You know, uh, obviously my year has sucked up to this point. Um, Trey's been really good. So the baseball mind of me gets it. At the moment, I was, uh, uh, I was animated. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. But like I said, the, the baseball mind in me gets it. It's, it. I don't, but at the same time, I don't know if walking someone with two strikes is ever the right move. But I, I understood it now. But you know, at the time, you get a little animated. Seven years ago this week, Satisfaction was released. The That's not that song, but it's the Stones' greatest rock and roll song ever. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum with you. Top of the hour. So I'm just sort of, I never haven't set the table for everybody. Much like White Sox haven't set the table for their heart of their order. So Mark Grody will be here. This used to be his show. He's not on the show, but he will be on this show at noon. We will ask him the question I'm asking you. Which sucks worse this year, being a Cub fan or a Sox fan? 312-644-6767. You can text us there. You can call me and be on the radio here. And the among the text responses that... I received on this topic is the idea that the it's so socks texture 217 it's so the socks Cub fans understand we have two more years left 217 texture continues but the White Sox were supposed to be World Series contenders yeah yeah it sucks and it's uh, uh, kind of embarrassing yeah 224 notes that I was watching the replay of the Thursday night game and the intentional walk was removed due to time constraints. Actually, the 
intentional walk in the whole inning and the, the game-changing part of the game they were replaying from the game earlier that day, that was removed unquestionably at the demand of the co-owner of the channel NBC Sports Chicago, and that would be the White Sox, one of the co-owners of that. Do you really think they're going to put that on television? And do you really believe, do you really believe NBC Sports Chicago just made a decision based on time constraints and oops, we didn't realize that that happened to be the key portion of the game because we don't know anything about sports around here. Those people are all bought and paid for by the teams. They're not going to do anything against that team. And when the team orders them, tells them, suggests to them, or they decide it might happen, nobody wants to get called into the principal's office, we're not putting out anything that makes them look bad. We're going to ignore NBC Sports Chicago decided to do. We're going to ignore the biggest story in baseball as we replay a baseball game. I mean, NBC's already, I mean, they lost the Cubs. They can't lose the White Sox now, right? The White Sox own them. And that's that. Yeah. Uh, co- we'll co-own them, and, and you're not going to do anything about it. I mean, there's no – but I don't think – I guess I could ask this. Do you really think there's any credibility involved here? Do you really think that the, – the asking or talking about credibility of NBC Sports Chicago presumes there was cred- credibility before, and you could probably pick your spots. But if you're looking for some kind of unvarnished presentation, you're not getting it. You're never going to get it. You never gonna get it from the. You never got it from the Tribune when the Tribune owned the Cubs. There were people interfering. I know that, and they don't want when they hear from their business partners up at the top of the Tribune Tower. They came down to the editorial floor and they let people know about it, and they tried to orchestrate change. Well, you know it's interesting, Steve, is we got a caller here, Richard in Arlington Heights, who wants to talk about this exact thing. I guess he caught the replay, thinking he'd be able to watch that portion of the White Sox game, and it was not there. Richard, welcome to The Score. Come join us in this Thank discussion. you, Steve. I really appreciate speaking with you, but you've already taken the steam out of what I was going to talk about. I called in, and I said the following. Yesterday morning, I'm listening to Dan Bernstein, and he talks about what happened, and I didn't see the game before, that the previous night. So I turn on immediately, see that the game is being rebroadcast between 9 and 12 o'clock yesterday morning so i record the game because i'm busy when i get some free time i start watching the game it goes from the bottom of the fifth with pollock making the last out the score is six to five or was it five to four six to five i believe right goes through the commercials then there is and i'm reading it because i've got it on the tv due to the length of this program we now move ahead in the action The whole game is recorded except for the first two outs in the top of the sixth. So it goes from the bottom of the fifth, Pollock making the last out, to where Lopez is on the mound and Smith, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Let me put it on here because I'm watching it. Your point is well made. What they did was they edited out the most important part of the game. And they're a house organ. That's what you expect them to do. That's the way they do it. Any any of their um, plaints to the contrary is a load of crap. And and you just can't believe them. There's no reason to believe them. Uh, the they cut out they cut out the most important part of the game, the thing everybody in Major League Baseball was talking about. 
So how do you have any credibility? They don't. They are a house organ. They're owned by the White Sox, and the White Sox weren't going to allow that. I mean, come on. Let's connect the dots. What else is next, Sean Sears? Got Bob in Arlington Heights next. Wow, big day in Arlington Heights. Did any of you know Cole Komet's mom? We want to talk to her about the way her son was used and where's what he's going to do this year. Do you guys know the Komets at all? Uh, I wish I did, but hey, Steve, first, uh, you know, you mentioned the Tribune. I got to say, every day I pick the Tribune up, I miss you more and more. But um, I miss I, you too, Bob. Thank you. Um, I'll show myself out after this call, but hey, um, I would submit that the most uh, the most generous beneficiary of the furor over Tony LaRusso's mishandling of the White Sox this year, the guy who's been able to fly the lowest under the radar is one David Ross. And you being the scribe that you are and the literary person that you are, I hope you appreciate that I have henceforth and forevermore renamed David Ross Bruce Pearson. Bruce Pearson. Look at that. Look at you. Look at you playing the Bruce Pearson card. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. It's, um, you know, what he's done in dealing with a whole bunch of, now he's dealing with his top three pitchers, or his, at least the, the guys who were, were supposed to be his top three pitchers. Stroman's hurt. Kyle Hendricks is dealing something with something besides a bad ERA and bad outings, and and Wade Miley had to be taken out of the game yesterday, and it's just a it's it's an amazing thing that they are they're finding ways to get worse, and they made it worse for Cub fans. If you were hoping when when your team quits on you the way they did going back to the Darvish deal, and then what happened last year when your team quits on you. You then turn your your eyes. What where's our hope? And you look at every last part of it. Christian Morell, look at Christa, Christopher Morell. Wow, what a spectacular thing that was. He's he's doing this year. Come out this year, like the way you saw Wisdom and Schwindel last year. And you're looking for signs of hope. Jed Hoyer talks about the next great Cubs team. Well, I, I'd settle for the next mediocre Cubs team, wondering where that's going. And then yesterday, they DFA Clint Frazier. And there's Jason Hayward. The only reason Hayward's still there, I imagine, and he hit a home run in Yankee Stadium is maybe they're trying to entice the Yankees into bringing Hayward over, taking his salary, and, and letting him take advantage of that short porch in right field. Because, I don't know, that's a head-scratching move. Why do you hate Wilson Contreras? If you're a Cub fan, really, Contreras and Hendricks, they're it. Aren't they? They're their last two World Series heroes. Last one out, turn out Club Dub or whatever, turn out Disco Tony Rizzo's lights. And you wonder, you wonder what, what's going on with why the Cubs don't like Wilson Contreras. You just think a catcher at that age? No, he's not going to, we don't want to sign him for that. We don't want him. They settle for him for lunch money. I mean, they, they, they split the difference. It's lunch money. It's really embarrassing. Maybe the Cubs need a new billionaire. I don't know. I, I don't understand why this is going on, other than I suspect it's what the pandemic did was cause a good deal of real estate notes to be restructured and cost more money. And I don't know that it's the baseball team that's costing 
the ownership money, but it might be real estate investments that are oh, costing them Steve, money. Oh, but Steve, they don't use any of their baseball money for their other adventures. Didn't you know yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I know, and biblical losses. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you see they're yes. putting their sports booking complex? They started building it yesterday. Yeah, well, that's, that's a one way to make money. There's another way to make money at a stadium. I wonder if the White Sox will do it. We, uh, I have great job opportunity news, a career path for all of our Wake and Bake members. Our Wake and Bake club growing huge. We hear from them all the time, on and off the air. We're proud of our Wake and Bake club members. I came across this week a career path that I did not know existed. So it's very fitting that we'll take a break and come back with Mark Grody, one of the co-founders of the Wake and Bake Club here on Saturday Suckage. We'll discuss that and the Bears and what he did on National Hug a Cat Day. Saturday Suckage, thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.